Welcome to the Off Plan On Air podcast, a podcast by Excelsior Real Estate in Dubai with your host, Nick Rasik. Hi, welcome back to Off Plan On Air. Usual crew, Matt, Mitch, Sav. Guys, how are you? Good. Wonderful, Good. sir. Wonderful. Good morning. So we're going to cover three short, sharp topics this morning. Um, our opinions, really. First is going to be, this is a question that we get asked quite frequently. What would make the better investment, a villa or an apartment? The second will be why we believe that investors may not achieve their goals. And the third topic is going to be, it's a fairly hot topic at the moment, um, retiring in Dubai. Is this fact or fiction? So first of all, guys, give me your opinion. What would you consider to be the better investment, a villa or an apartment? Apartment. Apartment. But it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking to live there, then obviously a, a villa. But if you're pure, in, is it, if, it's, if, it's for pure, if it's purely for investment, um, then a much better ROI is apartment. Based on, so I'm going to play devil's advocate. ROI based on what? Because, you know, I, I obviously ROI return on investment. Yeah, rental, rental return. You'll get yes. a much better rental return on apartments than you do on um, villas. But to counter that, the vast majority of developments that were released over the last couple of years have been apartments. So would it not suggest that because there are more options available as apartments that that would have no, um, a dampening effect on the rental returns? When it's easy to rent out the apartments like studios and one beds and easy to rent them out as opposed to villas, it's usually for families. Um, I wouldn't say studios, I would, I would disagree with that. I think studios are harder to rent. One beds and two beds are great. We had a studio and we found it very hard to rent. Studios are quite notorious for being a bit more difficult to, to, to rent and to resell as well. I think a studio would go well on the Airbnb market because it's pretty pictures that you need. And typically people, whenever they're here for a week or two, possibly three max, they're more interested in the surrounding area and what they have to look out at. Because if you stay in a hotel, it's a studio. Yeah, you stay in a hotel room, it's a studio. I think that segues us into the next topic you had of why someone might not achieve their goals if they're not being very clear on what they want to achieve. Because you just mentioned a family in a villa, in a home, even though there's not a lot of demand in the nice areas. You've mentioned a studio being right for short-term, long-term tenant if you want just one contract for every year, one and two bedrooms, because a lot of different variances in there. It just depends on the preference of what that investor is looking to do with it. Yeah, they need to have a clear strategy when, when purchasing. You need, to, you need to, first of all, figure out which model you are going well, let to. Let me to steer this shit back onto the rails. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> if, we can go, if we can have a look at apartment or villas, because this is quite an interesting one, because we, we get asked this quite frequently. Mitch, what would you suggest is going to be the better investment option? Or are you coming back to your original? It depends on what their strategy is. I dropped in the word strategy before you had charge. I haven't even used it. <laughs> But I wanted to. Uh, I'm actually a big townhouse guy at the moment, looking okay. for that one. I've seen some growth in that, that movement for that particular rental market. So I think you can still rent it, and they're relatively affordable compared to, to villas. So I know that's an in-between. It's not yes or no. It's, it's maybe on the fence. But a townhouse is a, is a nice compromise for someone who's thinking about potentially moving there and living there eventually, or when they're not there, having a nice comfortable space, but also having some rental yield, because you can rent it out more along the apartment lines if you need it quickly, or you can hold out and, and try and get a higher rental yield if you want a villa and family. But they're still a lot more expensive to buy 
than an apartment. So a three-bed townhouse would be a lot more expensive to buy than a three-bed apartment, and thus for you're getting a lesser percentage ROI. Because villas and townhouses in Dubai, I would say roughly is like a five, five to 6% um, return on investment. Whereas apartments, if you buy off plan in the right place, well, say even even ready apartments. So we we bought one where we're getting a ten percent return on. Um, we you know we had a bit of a steal, of course. But That's simply looking at it as a financial investment, which is which is a viable strategy. Yeah, whatever it is. But it, but that's a viable option. That's something that people can do, and that's only purely calculations based. That hasn't had any emotion, which is what we see from a lot of investors that still want to hang on. There's a small percentage of investors who can look at it. Not coldly, but actually look at financial returns and say, this is what I invest, this is what I expect to return, and then you overlay that on a map of demand or popular areas for rental years, short or long term. That's a great option if someone is only doing this for financial. When people see their first or second home, they still think, I could live there if I'm not renting it. And we see them often adding just a little bit of an emotional component to it, which changes everything. And now it's something that they like, they want to live in, whether they have a family or not. And then you start to enter into... If they like it, what do they like? And a lot of people are looking, especially as they grow older with families, more of a townhouse or house and villa style. We're kind of still going over to our second topic, aren't we? Which is fair. <laughs> you know, overlap. Which, I, mean, I, agree with, I agree with Matt that if it's simply, a, simply financial, you have to go with calculations and numbers and often the cheapest unit you can get in the most popular area. But you're looking at, but his question was investment. What is an investment? But that's the thing to an invest to someone who's spending and their money. And it's very subjective. Us, that's the thing. What is, is the better investment? All of us it's in this so room. If someone has if someone has two million dirhams or five hundred thousand euros in cash, and they drop the bag off in our office, cool. We 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 can play with that money and optimize the return. But that's never the case. It's always I have it tied up here. I have to move it. Do I want to move it? And a very small percentage of the investors at our level, not institutional investors, but the individual, is somewhat subjective they're very rarely wholly unbiased and only look at it as matt's perspective as oh, financial. 100 i always get um people saying to me oh i don't like the area oh whatever you know objections and i'm like but are you going to live there or are you going to is this and it's an investment difficult. i mean it, it's difficult for people who don't work in the industry to decompartmentalize it's very easy for us because we become desensitized as we work on this day in day out for a number of years yeah i'll give you my politician's answer to this which is it's more dependent upon the location than what it is that what's actually built in that and where i say that what's the budget well to, to an extent i mean the budget will primarily dictate the community and then subject to the community i believe that that then gives you a preference as to whether you're looking at an apartment or a villa if you look at a high density expat area let's take the palm Villa, villas on the Palm have increased in value much faster than any other community. That's a recognisable fact. It was stated by the Land Department last year. However, for an investment return vehicle, a one or a two bedroom apartment will service you much better in a, in a location like the Palm because you're open to the Airbnb market. I know this because we do it ourselves. Um, subject to the community that you buy in, it could well be a townhouse or a villa within one of the gated communities. And the reason why I'm saying that is because for long-term expats who have been here for a number of years that are, for whatever reason, unable to obtain a, a foothold on the, on the property ladder, they're going to have a family. They're going to have kids that are going to school. Apartments may not work for them. And I know from personal experience from friends that I have that they are being priced out of the communities which run along the Sheikh Zayed Road corridor because the rental prices have increased at such 
a rapid rate exclusively linked to the lack of availability that they're now moving out further and further away from Sheikh Zayed Road. So I would almost counter that in certain areas, the better, the better investment strategy could be to get a townhouse or a villa because you're then renting it to a long-term tenant, a family who have been here for three, four, five years. They're not going anywhere. When your kids have got friends and they're in schools, they're renewing their rent, they're staying, and they will look after it. So I think personally, it, a lot of it comes down to the community, which as I mentioned, is largely dictated by the budget and then subject to the community is what you decide that you want to do with it in there. Also, I know I've just been an advocate for apartments, but with um, villas and townhouse, the um, advantage over them is the service charge. They're yes. typically, I mean, apartments on average are like 15 to 20 dirhams per square foot per annum, whereas townhouses and villas are what, three? three? Four, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah. Then, you're so paying the grain rent, there's no service exactly. fee. Exactly, so you've got minimal, minimal But then in the villas and townhouses, you don't get... Well, um, some you do. Some of them, you some actually have the communities. Yeah, a lot of them have community pools. You don't and... get a pool and gym, which is like, you know, I mean, for a villa community, you get like, what, 500,000 villas in, a, in one cluster? With 500,000? No, 500 to 1,000. Oh, I thought it was the same thing. That's all massive. That's on the moon. That, two, sorry. two of them, but then um, you got one small pool and maybe, uh, or maybe not, of gym. That's about it. I can safely go on record as saying that as a dad, I very rarely used to go to the gym when I was living in the villa. I've got to, I would walk to the... To as the a dad or a human? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, all right, so... I guess the answer to that is it's largely dependent or are you guys still headstrong apartments? Apartment. Okay. Um, I mean, look, I, I think for um, capital growth over a number of years, I'd probably say villas, but for just pure investment in the short term for um, rental annual income, definitely apartments. Which then segues nicely, we're getting used to these podcasts now, I'm actually like thinking two steps ahead, which segues nicely into, it depends on what the investor's strategy is. Which then leads to, why do we think that some investors will not realise or achieve their goals? Because they don't up? listen to their real estate agent. <laughs> that is the simple answer. We give them a clear strategy of what to do and they, they do think the they know. They think they know more than us. Exactly. How to alienate our audience 101. <laughs> Can I just put on the record that that word has been said six times and I've only said it once? What, strategy? Strategy. Seven, you, eight, you've you've clearly filtered it through to us, mate. It's, 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 it's now the... It's subliminal. Going back to that question, on a serious note, I think it's because... Um, because investors don't know what they want. Exactly. They, they, get, they, they change get, they get, a lot. It's, that, it's not that they don't know what they want. Some people are very indecisive. It's just that they haven't communicated what they want and they have an idea in their head. They haven't found it. So that's our, that's our job is to get through into that idea. But once they have it, that idea might not be realistic and match what their expectations are. They know what they want to do with it, what, how they envision using I, the property. I think the biggest problem is the agents don't know their job properly because then they misguide the investors. They might even, with the best of intentions, trying to understand. So that's one aspect is that relationship that needs to be very clear on what do you want to do, what do you want to execute, and get to know the individual, build that relationship, so that even though an investor says blue, they might mean a lighter blue to teal area. And so that's an example. say, you know what, here's a red, here's a yellow, here's a green, that's the best investment for you. They don't even listen. Agents no, don't they listen. don't listen, and, and sometimes the agents might not. But going back to it, there's an idea of what an investor wants to do, and then there's an expectation. They often think that because they're from 
one place and they're coming here, if they heard it, there might be a disconnect between what they think they can do with it and still get that return. They hear often into the Dubai market, 10% return, 8% return, 12% return yeah, yeah. on your investment ROI, rental yield, and then they're hearing 25% growth in the market, which aren't the same things, but then they might think, oh, okay, I can stay in it for one month in the winter and then I can go out and I can do it short term. That doesn't work because if you're taking up some of the prime months in the winter, two or three months, and then you're leaving it here in the summer, you're looking at way less returns because there's not a lot of people that come here in the summer. There are, but it's not as much. There's a, a disconnect in expectations versus what they think they can get. And if they have a budget in their mind, I can get a villa because I saw it online and then I'm going to get it this much return, but I can still use it. It doesn't always match. Yeah. And if you go through someone's strategy, if you, there it is, if you, if you execute on someone's plan with that assumption in mind, it's going to fail. Yep. Not uh, clearly stating the goals. I think you've hit the nail on the head with a couple of points there. One is they go online and they believe what they see online. <laughs> Unfortunately, there is a lot of clickbait out there yeah. which doesn't exist. But it's not just that. It's just if you go on like Property Finder and stuff and you see these prices and you say, oh, my villa's worth 500 million when it's really worth like three because there's agents advertising at all kinds of stupid prices. Exactly so that. So the prices are all over. So what you need to do is you need to go on Dubai Land Department data to see the actual figures rather than just believing what you see on the, the property board. Yeah, because the land department um, uh, records the agreed selling price. Exactly, not, that's the actual what things are actually price. selling for, yeah. not what agents are whacking all over line, uh, online. And another point you hit is that you've got to be realistic. You, um, you can't just buy a property and think in six months you're going to sell it and, and double your money. Um, you've got to be in it for, you know, the long haul, well, semi-long haul. I don't think this is, it's not a very... Um, the off plan people think that you can just flip it after six months when it's still three years away from completion and, and, and double your money like I say which is not which is not the case. There's a six as a push there's a 12 to 18 month window which is relatively short in the long term where you can do that we've seen we've generated for our investors those kind of returns but it's a certain risk profile risk appetite that goes with short-term investing because you're betting on the market it's not for most people so having that expectation, that is a strategy, but that is an option. But the project has got to be close to handover for you oh, to right. make money. And it's a case you by can't case basis. sell something that's still three years away from handover and expect it to have gone up. I completely up agree. Yeah. We, and we can find them in that short window and that's right for the right investor that can wait, time the market, and then wait and exit at the right time. There's yeah, no pressures. Yeah. But you're right, people have that expectation. And that is a strategy. It does work and we have made investors money, but that's not for a majority of people. Yeah. So what I'm hearing now resoundingly is that we need to be, we should be, it's our duty, it's part of our job, educating our client base as to what is and is not possible for us to understand what it is that they want to try and achieve and then offer advice accordingly, whether or not it is possible to, to achieve. So therefore, I guess to manage expectations, to help set or realign their goals. So if that's what we should be doing, and this is kind of a rhetorical question, why do you think it is that a number of our clients are perhaps, I mean, most of our clients now are international because the amount of inflow that we're seeing from international funds. Why do you think it is that a number of our clients may be hesitant to engage with us in that conversation to assist in, we're not trying to sell them anything. We're trying to have a conversation about what it is that they're trying to achieve. And then we can then present options which may suit their tailored requirements. That's human bias. No one wants to be told, they have an idea in their head, no one wants to be told that that idea is being crushed because they thought it was true online. So that's the first step. 
And then secondly, I guess style of approach, they're probably getting bombarded by a lot of people saying, call that us, I call us, call us. And we genuinely want to sit down and have a Zoom call so we can understand you and move forward. We're not going to sell you something on day one. It's not advisable. It's not our strategy. It's not our, our modus operandi. It's yeah. No, I think, I think there is an awful lot to be said for that because of how many brokers there are out here now and the pace at which the real estate market has grown as a result of, to, you know, to, 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 to the demand. Um, unfortunately, there are a number of practitioners operating in the industry that perhaps don't have the tenure, don't have the training, don't have the guidance. And I witnessed it firsthand where I will inquire about, you know, box A, and then I'm presented with every other letter of the alphabet except for box A, and it's kind of just rammed down your throat. You so, don't listen. Yeah. Nobody listens. Yeah. You have to listen to the requirements. A lifetime ago, and this is an, this is an age-old adage, a lifetime ago I was told that you have one mouth and two ears and use it in that ratio. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, last up, retiring in Dubai. Do we think that this is realistic, practical, feasible, or do, is, is it a possibility that it's marketing? You've got a lot of money, you can retire anywhere. Yeah. Well, no, Matt hit it earlier in the office or on another podcast or somewhere else that there's no, I think it was on a podcast, there's no plan, there's no pension plan, there's no safe, social safety net in that regards. And I think that's designed in one aspect, but if you want to bring in people of retirement age, and for whatever reason you may want to do that, it's not set up to do it without personal investment. So without passive income, even though real estate isn't technically passive, someone needs to operate and, and handle everything. If you don't have assets that are producing that, whether in Europe, whether it's a mixture of financial instruments or real estate, things that we can help assist in that, in that department, if you don't have that, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah, I think one of the biggest blockers is the uh, medical insurance, isn't it? Especially for older people who are more prone to that's fair, actually. Medical issues, it's going to be very, very expensive to, to um, uh, get a decent medical plan. Because um, even for me, um, it, you know, a relatively healthy... You're, you're not a spring chicken, man. <laughs> Let's not call it... Relatively yeah. healthy young whippersnapper. It would be, uh, you know, incredibly expensive if I wasn't sponsored by a company and got the medical insurance on the company. So for somebody of, say, retirement age, it's going to be, I mean, I don't know, but I, I think some, something like $100,000 a year or something, isn't it? For, for insurance? I think. No. Is it not? Sorry, not a hundred thousand, ten thousand dollars. Going to say, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going slight crazy calculation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My friend's in medical insurance, and he was telling me the other day, and it was ten thousand dollars, not a hundred thousand. Is that like sixty-five, seventy plus? Yes, exactly. Okay, but that's still a lot of money, isn't it? Ten thousand dollars a year just just for. Well, medical think about insurance. think about what people are making in in Europe just on their retirement alone. That would take it uh, for the sake of bath, a thousand euros, well, 12,000 12, euros. 12, well, what is it overseas? Because the U the UK forget NHS that doesn't exist right now. Yeah, I don't know what it costs for Bupa or private healthcare in the UK. Any ideas in the in the states, Mitch? Yeah. It's expensive. Oh, you know what? What am yeah. I thinking of? The US is probably the worst possible case that we could have given. Yeah, the US is in, we have, insane. We have, we, have, we have private insurance and there's a couple different models and reasons for that and that's another podcast. But I did hear that for what you said, $10,000 $10, or $12,000, that's still 1000 per month. And someone who's on a retirement age, if, that, if you're on a, a normal government pension or private pension or whatever it is, you'd be hard pressed to make a lot more than that on your pension from the people that I know that are on that or have parents and grandparents on that, it's a thousand euros a month. As you go east in Europe, it's a lot less. 
and that's Spain, Portugal, Germany, France, some of the better ones. As you go east to Poland and Ukraine and those places, it's, it's a lot less for a pension. You can't retire, use that, and come live here at all. No, I mean, cost, cost of living would, 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 because there is no social support, there is no social safety net, which I personally, for one, am actually in favor of. We've got to bear in mind, Dubai has been built from a blank page. From what we're doing in terms of when it opened up for international investment, it's 25 years old. Uh, no, roughly 20 years old. Um, so when you're designing a society from scratch, you don't have the inherent legacy that you would do somewhere like the UK, whereby you have a national health service, you have social security, you have all of these burdens. Um, I mean, let's be honest, if Dubai is attracting retirees, you need to be reasonably affluent. You need to have a certain amount of money. But I don't think that's a bad thing that you're actually opening your doors to people who can be self-sufficient, who aren't going to become, and I hate to use the phrase, but a burden on, on society because it's a new venture. That's, that's the right word to use. That is a burden on the financial fund, the underlying investments that drive pensions or drive those large-scale society or social safety nets. I agree with you. You've put down your hammer and sickle temporarily, and you are <laughs> agreeing. Back into capitalism. It is. It's, it's a place that says we want people who want to come here, have money, or make money, and are willing to go and put and that effort in. And you don't have to retire at 50 or 60 or 70 here if you're very successful. But if not, you're going to have to continue to work. I can't think of many. I, I think it's a great place to retire. There are methods to get there. We can, if you enter in early enough in the conversation, you have a 10, 15 year window. We can facilitate, at least in the, the real estate market, on generating cash flows and trying to produce an income stream for or multiple for investors based on the amount of cash that they have now and put and not to use their entire savings. So that is a method that we can assist with. We're not, I mean, you should be talking not just to real estate people, but to multiple retirement planners and financial services and wealth managers. But we can be one component to help drive a at least a feasible range of retirement options for you if given a long enough window. It's, but it's without that, without your own active, personal, private methods of doing that, you're, you won't be able to retire here. When you're able to retire, you don't necessarily need to reside in the same place the whole time. So a, a, a personal case in note, last weekend I, I took my lad to have his, um, his booster. Mm -hmm. And his, his doctor that he's seen since he was a baby, um, he's retiring at the end of the year. He's a British guy, he's lived out here a number of years. He's retiring here during the winter months and then returning back to Scotland during the summer for, for three, four months. So there's an awful lot of that, which I think we'll start to see. I think we still, we always see that. I mean, tons and tons of people over here. I know, no one here. wants to stay here in the summer, so yeah. They just travel and because, I mean, you got a visa, you can just go travel whenever you want, go wherever you want. Yeah. But again, that's a doctor who I assume is, is fairly well off from. Yes. It's not, it, there's no system in place for that if you do not create it for yourself. Absolutely. You need to be self-sufficient. Um, so we're saying on that, it's fact. Um, if you, it's, it's feasible. If you get retiring here, good real estate agent who can steer you in the right direction to make great investments, then effectively, oh, that was maybe, maybe. too smooth. Chaps, anything else you want to chip in on this morning's chat? Nope. All good. All good. Thank you for your time, fellas. See you next week.